Okay, so we'll start recording. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hi! Welcome to Beards and Beers, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, he stunned the industry uh, in July when he announced that he was bringing his talents to the Oracle Labs to continue his work on the Micronaut framework, as well as branch out on other technologies in the Oracle stack like GraalVM and the Helidon framework. I'm very thrilled to have him on the show and can't wait to dig into some questions, so let's welcome him. Welcome, Graham Roche. Welcome, Graham. Hi, good to be here. We appreciate you, you joining us here. And uh, G and I have tons of questions for you. Uh, you know, beards are, beards are, of course, not mandatory and neither are beers, but uh, G and I have ours. Uh, but we do thank you for joining. Uh, we have tons of questions for you, so let's jump right into it. Um, so first question, uh, and, and G, uh, any, anything to add there, buddy? No, no. I'm really excited of having Graham here. Excellent. So Graham, you are an architect, you're a software engineer, you're a husband, you're a father, uh, community leader, you've, you're a speaker, framework author, Java champion, you have all kinds of these titles, uh, things that people call you. But in your words, Graham, who is Graham Roche? You know, been in the Java space for a very long time. And uh, Worked at some very interesting companies, uh, founded my own company, and worked with different languages. And I think I'm what I'm really about is continually exploring of like pushing improvements and making things simpler. You know, so many technologies are just like I, I, I'm allergic to complexity, right? I, I find like <laughs> when things are complex, it's like this is just painful. So I look for ways to like make things um, simple. For the others, and that started with Grails and continues with Micronaut, and and uh, you know I'm on a continued quest for simplicity. And that's that's what I try and do. When I first started using Grails, to me, it's funny that you said those specific words because to me, I always felt like from the very beginning of using it, I always felt like Grails was invented by somebody who had solved difficult problems before and wanted to make them easy to solve in the future for other people. It's hard to really nail down the specifics of why I felt that way, but it was something that I got from the Grails framework that I never got from any other framework that I had worked with. Um, that, you know, it was a framework solved out of pain almost, or created out of pain almost, you know what I mean? Like, these are some painful problems, not painful, but redundant, boring, you know, uh, verbose things that we have to do as developers. Let's make it easy for them. So um, I, I will say that, like I said, it's funny to hear you say those things because it's very obvious to me based on your work that, uh, that, that those things definitely ring, ring true. Let, but let's get into the inspirational part, huh? because Graham, you've built a successful Java-based framework for traditional applications. That was Grails, at least the intention. So I guess that Micronaut was the natural move to the next step, microservices. I'm wondering what were the challenges you faced when defining the new framework? What were you looking after and what were you trying to solve with this new microservice world that we are living on? Grails was built a long time ago and it was, uh, you know, the first release you know, 13 years ago or more from that, you know, so, 
And um, architectures back then were very, very different in terms of how people built applications. And really, everybody kind of deployed their application to a servlet container. Um, and the servlet container had a fair amount of um, opportunity to, or the, the, Java, the Java E container, or whatever you want to call it, had a fair amount of opportunity to share resources amongst applications and, and um, and you know, optimize memory across. Uh, you know, maybe you have like five Grails applications deployed, and they could share memory. But as soon as any everybody started deploying applications in an in, with an embedded container, which was really started by Spring Boot and and then Grails as well. Um, you know, the the memory requirements for running uh, something like Grails and Spring Boot were you know prohibitive prohibitive for certain use cases, mainly. You know, serverless, serverless, and um, and in particular, microservices. You know, and I, I was looking at architecture, some of the architectures that were coming out, and some of the other languages, and like things like Go, GoLang, for example, where you can essentially run a, a cluster of microservices, and each one is only occupying a fraction of memory, and 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 really optimizing resources. Now, you try and replicate that same architecture with Java, right? You have you. You, you eat a lot of memory if you use uh, a framework like Spring Boot or a framework like like Rails, um, where each each application is running in a container with its own JVM and so forth. So I think you know I looked at, at those kind of stacks and like alternative languages, and I think we have a lot to learn in the Java space about being more efficient. You know, people create um, people tend to create a lot of waste in the Java language. Um, uh, and um, and and a lot of the the reason for that is the way that you know all the tools have been designed around reflection around around things like runtime bytecode generation you know generating bytecode at runtime um, eats memory you know uh, has a has a cost at startup um, and um, I wanted to see you know if we could build a framework that that was you know efficient from a memory and and startup performance perspective but still have the same like productivity benefits that you get uh from the spring boots from the grails of this world and that, and that's when we started micronaut back in 2017 as a kind of research project to see what we could do yeah usually there are some trade-offs right if you if you want to get uh lightweight framework and that performs really well Mm -hmm. There are some things that you need to sacrifice there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, in terms of, yeah, but that's the thing with, with Micronaut. I didn't want to make any sacrifices. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you wanted I, it I, all, right? I you wanted, wanted it all. The best of all worlds. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get performance and let's get it easy to use and no trade-offs, yeah. no sacrifices. Right. So I think you've done that because I'm, I'm a long-time Micronaut user. I've got my, my Micronaut gear on. Um, yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> so I mean, so, to be fair, there is a, there is a sacrifice. There's a, there's always a sacrifice, and the sacrifice is um, compilation speed, right? Because yeah. we because we com we compute everything ahead of time right. during compilation. Um, but that's yeah. a sacrifice I think a lot of developers are willing to make for runtime performance, don't you? Developers are willing to sacrifice. Uh, compilation speed for productivity, um, and you see, True. That, uh, as well as runtime performance. 
runtime performance and product security. You know, at the same time, you can't you cannot have something that that is like really adds significant overhead into a project, and that's where I think uh, architecturally with Micronaut using annotation processes we were able to achieve things like incremental annotation processing and incremental compilation. And that's really important, right? Because if you're going to add overhead to the compiler, you at least need, when you, do, when you make a change, to have, to have support for incremental compilation such that you know, a, a, a small change doesn't result in recompiling the whole code, code base. And that's, that's one of the things you have to be really aware of when you're hooking into compilers and so forth. You want to achieve incremental compilation and we did with micronauts we have really nice incremental compilations if i'm not mistaken micronaut was one of the first frameworks to really do any of this ahead of time compilation uh especially when it comes to annotation using annotation metadata as you've just explained um how does it feel to have kind of inspired really the whole java community with that and you've really kind of I mean, you have entire teams at very large companies right now trying to basically uh, and, and recreating what you've done with Micronaut with other frameworks. How does it feel to have kind of inspired this really movement in the in the entire community? I think it's, it's great validation of that what you're that you, what you're doing is, um, you know, the right path and the way forward. We appreciate you joining us today, Graham, and stick around and join us for our next episode. We're going to get a little deeper with Graham and talk a little bit more about Micronaut and some of the other things he has going on. So thanks a lot, Graham. Thanks very much. Thank you.